What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok and YouTube at Immaculate Sports. It's episode 68. We got to start this off with some bad news, though. Yep. Uh, there's some news that came out uh, about hour, two hours ago uh, that we didn't expect to see, uh, obviously, today. Or, I mean, we knew it was probably going to happen sometime in our life, but mm. uh, just you never can be prepared for news like this. And that was the passing of John Madden, legendary, legendary in football legendary in our life uh legendary in our city's life as we uh live in the city that john madden lived in for yeah. most of his life and that's kind of crazy to think uh not only with his impact in football but with impact within the city stuff like that just everybody knew where the madden house was uh everybody knew to go there on halloween to get the biggest candy bars yeah. <laughs> uh and this is the statement that the nfl uh, put out earlier today when they they released the news. Early today, we see we received the sad news that the great John Madden died unexpectedly this morning. He was 85. Uh, on behalf of the entire NFL family, we extend our condolences to Virginia, Mike, Joe, and their families. Uh, said NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. We all know him know him as a Hall of Fame coach of the Oakland Raiders and broadcaster who worked for every major network, but more than anything, he was a devoted husband, father, and grandfather. Nobody loved football more than coach. He was football. He was an incredible sounding board to me and so many others. There will never be another John Madden, and we will forever be indebted or in debt to him uh, for all that he did for football and making the NFL what he is today. Uh, Again, that is said by Roger Goodell. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we were talking about this before the show a little bit that there is very, very tough to put in perspective uh, or just relate it to somebody else on the, the impact in a sport that John Madden had to football. Uh, you can, can a comparable guy would be like Rick or not Ricky Henderson, uh, Jackie Robinson Jackie. In, in baseball. And obviously those are way different to two completely different things. Uh, but as far as just like, the sport itself, uh, not, no shade against Jackie Robinson, obviously, because yeah. he obviously did shit ton for what he did. Uh, but John Madden, just like the the character, the entity, and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, he has the video game named after him, and there's no other person that has uh, a thing like that in, in all of sports, which is kind of crazy to think. And obviously, you know some of the parts of the family and all that stuff, so that's really sad. But wanted to get that piece out before we get on to the rest. Of yeah. The you know, like you said, um, big impact on anyone who's played football, watched football plays Madden, of course. Um, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he lived in our backyard for most of our lives, you know, and I was, mm-hmm. I was telling Kyle this, I, I'm lucky I got to see him, you know, a couple of years ago, his grandson played seven on sevens with my brother and he, he still had the fire in him, you know, like oh, his grandson played quarterback, you know, Oh, what a terrible pass. Come on. You got to get that up. You know, <laughs> like he's still on ESPN. Exactly. And he, I mean, we talk about what he was as just person and stuff like that, but when you look at what he is, uh, as far as a coach too, I mean, that's, that's what got him started, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he is a high, he has the highest win percentage out of any coach with more than a hundred wins in NFL history. 
to put that in perspective. I don't know what the exact record is uh, that he had in his career, but uh, one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time. Yeah. Let's go to a lighter note now rather than that and uh, talk about our openers. And my favorite thing that I saw was some Christmas basketball and more specifically the Warrior game uh, where we took down the Phoenix Suns 116 to 107 in Phoenix. This was without Clay, without Jordan Poole, without Andrew Wiggins, without Andre Iguodala, without James Wiseman, and without Damian Lee, I guess Moses Moody as well. Uh, and everybody going into this game did not expect the Warriors to win this one. And I honestly did not expect us to win either. But Steph had a good game, scoring 33 points. Didn't shoot the best from the field, but it was, it was mainly just Otto Porter. That's that a big story in this game. He had a lot of clutch shots down the stretch. He had a season-high 19 points uh, in 29 minutes. Played very, very well and had some great shots down the final stretch uh, the last few minutes of that game. So big win for the Warriors uh, as they go and play tonight for the first time since that game against the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. You know, there wasn't really anything I liked that I saw this weekend. I had to work on Sunday, so that that wrecked that day for me a little bit. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about um, some of these quarterbacks: Ian Book, Jake Fromm, Nick Foles. Obviously, one of your one of them may not, uh, you know, particularly belong in this group. Mm-hmm. A lot of third stringers or even deeper quarterbacks playing. And I wanted to talk about this for a little bit because. You know, it kind of seemed like the NFL was turning to a point where you had to have the quarterback with the mobility and the arm strength to make flashy plays. Um, but I'm looking at the standings right now. Indianapolis, Tennessee, Arizona, you know, a lot of these teams at the top haven't done that. They've been really conservative. Baltimore, you know, they've had a lot of injuries. They're not not looking great in the playoff picture, but they're still there. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm thinking – even Patrick Mahomes the first half of this season. Yeah. Um, maybe we're going to see a little bit, not fully, but a little bit of uh, this generation die out. I think this, hmm. this could be important for football. You know, half the league with the gunslingers, the other half with the great offensive line and running game defense. Mm-hmm. Should be interesting to keep an eye on. That's, that's my opener. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I did not think you'd put it in that direction when I saw yeah. Ian Book slash Fromm slash Foles in, in in the opener slot. But uh, obviously, you know, COVID has has something to do with it. But you know, the league is supposed to be stopping the injuries from happening, and it's it's just not helping. Mm-hmm. I'm not you know blaming the quarterbacks 100. percent You know, if they want to make plays, they're going to try to make them. Uh, but I think something's got to change. Uh, I mean, you can't, you can't get hurt when you got COVID. I know yeah. that, uh, we'll talk more about the, the guidelines that the NFL changed here mm-hmm. later on in the show. Uh, but let's go to favorite number 68, Skyler. Who is it? All right. I'm going to go with Kevin and, Mawai, man. And yeah. if you're curious why we're saying 68, that's, it's episode that's 68. Episode. Yeah. It's episode 68. <laughs> Kevin Mawai, uh, played center for the jets for eight years. Part of some good teams, part of some horrible teams. Um, hall of famer. Going with Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Ke- Kevin's a good one there. Uh, a lot of 68s, or not a lot of 68s, rather. Uh, so I went with a hockey player that I've heard the name of a few times. That's remote. <laughs> Jerome. Fuck. I'm blanking <laughs> on his name. His last name's Yager. Uh, Yager. Is like Jerome, Jerome Yager, something like that. Brett would be yelling at me right now if 
who's listening to this. Uh, but I know that Joe Thornton was the person, or he broke, no, Joe Thornton broke his record about most games played uh, last year. Uh, and so that's the only way I know that name. Yeah. I know Scott was going to pick the legendary Jet Center, obviously, and I didn't want to take Will Shields, who uh, played a line for the Chiefs. So limited the competition there. That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I go with the hockey player. Now okay. let's get to the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week, like we do every single week. Uh, the four guys that we had this week were Joe Burrow, obviously had a crazy day, 525 passing yards and four touchdowns. Josh Allen, who also had an amazing day, obviously, uh, with 30 for 47, 314 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and 64 rushing yards. Dak Prescott had a great game on Sunday night and their big blowout over the Washington football team, 28 for 39, 330 passing yards, four touchdowns, and 21 rushing yards as well. And then lastly, we had Rex Burkhead on this list. Texans pulled a big upset against the Chargers over the weekend. Helped the Raiders out, that's for sure. 22 carries, 400, not 400, 149 yards and two touchdowns for the former Patriots. And here's how the voting went. Dak Prescott got only 2% of the votes, and that's out of 44. So I'd say one person voted for him. I think that sounds about right. Uh, Rex Burkhead, 10% of the votes. I, I'm just realizing now that I didn't put the D at the end of Rex Burkhead's name. So I realized it. Rex Burkhead. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that, everybody. I just saw that now, though. He got 10% of the votes. Uh, Josh Allen usually wins these when he's in because Bill's Mafia tends to go crazy, but they did not find this one, unfortunately for us, and I guess unfortunately for them as well. 27% of the votes for Josh Allen, though, nonetheless. And then... Joe Burrow, 61% of the votes, gets it for the first time. And I have found the standings, Skyler, about the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. I went oh. through all the tweets that we've had, and we have two two-time winners. Do you know who those people are? I'm going to guess Josh Allen. And is it Joe Burrow? It's not Joe Burr. Not. No. It is another quarterback who uh, was in that same draft class. That gives it away, though. Yeah, Herbs. Yeah, Justin Herbert. I did not realize that he's won it twice. But looking at it now, uh, I guess he has. Wow. Great yeah, math. Uh, there. Yeah, pretty pretty uh, prestigious list, I'd say. Mike White, Dearness Johnson, <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson, and Josh Allen. All righty. Let's get to team reports now. Skyler, talk about how the Jets played on Sunday against the Jaguars. The Jets won a game, Kyle. They beat Jacksonville 26 to 21, the worst team in the league, like I predicted at the start of the year. You guys weren't buying it, but I said, this team's worse than Houston. Come on. Um, I couldn't watch the game live. I was working in the morning, which sucks, but I went in and watched every offensive snap that night. So I feel like I got a good taste of what was going on here. Zach Wilson was pretty accurate this game 14 for 22, only 102 yards. He's missing all of his weapons. I feel like we got to cut him some slack, especially when you have 90 rushing yards and a 52-yard rushing touchdown. That's the longest. Second longest. Sorry, Mariota. Forgot about him. Uh, and, and a, I think NFL history. Thanks for a quarterback. No. no. Terrell Pryor, my guy. 
Terrell Pryor Maybe had it was since Mariota. Maybe that's what it was. It was the longest since Mariota. Okay, yeah. my bad. My bad, Raider fans. Um, exactly. But you know, actually, before you go to the next yeah. thing, yes. you know what that Zach uh, Wilson run reminded me of? Sam Darnold's run against the yes. Broncos? You reminded yeah. me of Sam Darnold, <laughs> uh, which I didn't want to tell you until now because <laughs> I feel like that would have not been the best thing for you to hear. No, I, I, I saw it. Similar that's, running that's what I, was, I mean, just looking at it, I was like, man, that looks like Sam Darnold. <laughs> Obviously, the Jets jersey helps, but yeah. All right. Well, let's move on then. Thanks, Kyle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael Carter had himself a day, 16 carries, 118 yards. And I think the biggest news here for the Jets, Braxton Berrios, kick return touchdown, five catches for 40 yards, a lot of them on third down. He's making big plays. He doesn't drop the ball. This was a big FU to the Pro Bowl committee. Braxton Berrios should be there. And he is number one on the reserve for special teams, but he's got to be there. Come on. Braxton Berrios is is our best player right now. Come on. He's got to go to Las Vegas for the Pro Bowl. Yes, sir. All right. And uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. You know, not much going on for Jacksonville in this game. And the, the defense did have a stand. Jason Pinnock. First game at safety this year was pretty good, but, you know, not huge news here. So. There you go. Good play is good play, though, Skyler. You can't deny mm-hmm. it. Uh, let's talk about the Raiders now. We beat the Broncos. Uh, that's four in a row over the Broncos. Pretty nice to see. Maybe even five. I'm not – no, it's definitely four. Uh, but back-to-back years that we swept the Broncos, always nice to, to do that against a team that you have a rivalry with. Uh, and here's how it kind of went down. We won 17 to 13. Derek Carr, 20 for 25, 201 yards, a touchdown and a pick. The pick was ugly. It was a great play by Bradley Chubb, though, on a screen. Kind of just OBJ'd it, uh, put his hand up, jumped in, made the catch, and then ran down to the one. Josh Jacobs had a great game, the best game that he's had all year. He tied his career high with 129 rushing yards on 27 carries. And in the second half alone, he had over 100 rushing yards. And I know one drive, he had over 60 yards alone in that one drive. But what sucked about that one drive is that he didn't get the touchdown for it. Peyton Barber did. Uh, uh-huh. The one drive, one carry on that whole drive that didn't go to Josh Jacobs, they go to Barber. But touchdowns as a Raider fan, points are points. Uh, I don't really care who gets them. Foster Moreau was the leading receiver for the Raiders in this game, though. 67 yards on four catches, and we were down bad at the receiver or pass catcher position. With Waller not playing, hasn't practiced since that Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys, but he is expected to be back next week, and he is should be practicing tomorrow, which is really, really nice. And also, Brian Jones, or not Jones, Brian Edwards, I don't know why I said Jones, uh, got covid Prior to the game, did not play, obviously, and he was gone. So we had Zay Jones, Deshaun Jackson, and Hunter Renfro as our leading receivers in this one. Defensive side of the ball played amazing. I think we only allowed 150 total yards. Uh, we had three turnovers uh, on offense, which kind of led to points in all, all three times. But besides that, defense played the best they've ever played. Drew Locke is not good. Uh, Javante Williams actually really was underwhelming to me. Seven carries, uh, for 12 yards and he did get a touchdown, but it was on a one yard run. And then Melvin Gordon, man, seven carries for negative four yards. That's how you lock a team up. I'm happy about that. 
let's get to where's your head at now and let's right. talk about the Colts, man. They are very interesting. We're just gonna look at how legit are they? How how well do they stack up with these AFC top teams like Kansas City, Buffalo, uh, and et cetera, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think it's coincidence Brett had this team in the Super Bowl. I think uh they're built for this run here at the end. Jonathan Taylor on their back. Carson Wentz has been great too. You know, no turnovers this week, two touchdowns. He had more than five completions. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel like he probably didn't even have to do that in this game. Um, I don't really trust Buffalo or Tennessee. I think Cincinnati is, is doing pretty good right now. They're hot, but we'll see what happens against Kansas city. Um, I, I think it's completely fair to say the Colts stack up with these teams, you know, and obviously it depends where they're playing in the playoffs if they get there. Um, what's yeah. what's it looking like right now? Uh, this As of right now, we would have a rematch of last year where the Buffalo uh, Bills host the Colts in the first round. That'd be a good game. That'd be good that would game. be a good game. We did see that game earlier this year and Jonathan Taylor had five touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, and now on to my point, I think the Colts are in that second tier of AFC teams below Tennessee and Kansas City. Uh, the reason why I'm saying Tennessee is because they're not fully healthy, and Tennessee beat them twice this year. Kansas City doesn't play them this season, but, I mean, it's Kansas City, man. They, they yeah. look so good right now. I think they could be anybody in this whole league by probably 10, 15 points at least right now. But with that being said, when you look at Buffalo and Cincinnati, Cincinnati is hot. But last time I thought they were hot, they end up losing to the Jets the very next week. So how hot are they? How consistent will that be? We have no clue. And then Buffalo, I mean, they ran through Buffalo earlier this year. So I'm sticking with the same energy that I had again with the Titans. Since they beat them earlier in the year, I'm sticking to with that they are better than them now. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the Patriots. Uh, two weeks ago, we thought perhaps they could have been the best team in the NFL. Now we are not even sure if they're going to be hundred percent a playoff team. Yeah. Odds are very likely, but they just do not look good. Are they the same team that we thought they were two, three weeks ago? I think they're the same team. Uh, I just feel like they haven't been able to hide Mac Jones's weaknesses and, you know, uh, exclaim his strengths like they have been you know he threw two picks against buffalo and you know they they took care of buffalo the last time they played just pounding the ball and you know they they did that in the second half against buffalo but um mac jones can't sit back there in the pocket and sling it you know if he was 14 for 32 i feel like uh they're still pretty dangerous you know i'm not going to count them out but if mac jones has to do what he did against buffalo to try to come back it's not going to be pretty for him. Defense is still nice, though. Uh, the Patriots really remind me of a Walmart version of the 2019 49ers <laughs> in the way that their defense is stellar. Their defense is going gonna, is gonna to get the job done for them likely over and over and over again. But their offense is not going to get you back into games. But then again, it's not going to lose you games when you're ahead. Mac Jones, when they're, they're ahead, is not going to – turn over the ball, make some crazy throw. He's going to hand it off. He's going to dunk and get five-yard passes, whatnot. 
But when they're down 10 points, this team is it's pretty much down 30. I don't think Mac Jones has has the capability as of right now in his career to go ahead and make big throws for a team to go get him back into a game. So that first quarter is going to be the big thing for the Patriots. And as, as of right now, I mean, we doesn't look like the exact same team that we thought they were two, three weeks ago. At least I thought they were. I thought they were mm-hmm. one of the best, if not the best team in the league. Uh, and now it could be a first round exit in my opinion. Let's look at the NFC. Now uh, a team that's fallen off in the last few weeks is the Cardinals. They did yeah. clinch a playoff spot due to some other teams losing, but they have not won a game in three weeks now. And this is kind of a question that I did not think I'd be asking, but are yeah. the Cardinals going to be the worst team in the NFC playoffs? I think that's very possible. You know, they, they've had a lot of injuries. Obviously, they're not going to have Hopkins for this playoff run. But the spread offense is it's just it's catching up to them. You know, if you look at the numbers, you'd say Kyler Murray was very efficient. Chase Edmonds stepped up. Mm-hmm. But if you watch the game, you know, that's that's not really what happened. They just had the ball for a long time. Um, you know, obviously, if Philly or Minnesota gets in. I'd probably take the Cardinal if they, for whatever reason, had the head-to-head matchup. I think Philly. I would take the Cardinals. I think Philly is pretty legit, man. Well, I think they do very similar things. I'd just rather have Kyler on my side than Jalen Hurts. Uh, so I'm going to say very possible, but probably not the worst team. Yeah, i say the Cardinals are not going to be the worst team if the Saints make the playoffs. But if uh, things stack up how they are right now, it ends up being uh, the three wildcard teams as the Cardinals, Niners, and the Eagles, then yeah, the, the Cardinals are the worst team in the NFC playoffs. I think they get bounced in the first round likely. That just kind of goes back to what why we were so hesitant to put them as the best team in the league mm-hmm. earlier in the year. I think I talked about this last week, but when you look at their team last year, they started off 6-2 and two, and then they went 2-6 and six and ended the season at 8-8, eight and eight, didn't make the playoffs. And I think that's, I mean, they're going to make the playoffs now, obviously, but it's kind of the same situation where they're just not, they're just not a second half team. Uh, and as much as I've seen that with my Raiders in the past few years of falling off in the second half, yeah, it is, it's just, it's kind of inevitable when, when I look at the squad, especially with no DeAndre Hopkins. Hmm. It's time to talk about Joe Burrow. Uh, he won Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. He went crazy. They ran up the score against the Ravens. Uh, I know the Ravens DC said that he was not ready to give Joe Burrow uh, the green or the yellow jacket uh, earlier in the week. And Joe Burrow, when asked uh, if that played a part into them running up the score against the Ravens, he responded with a very simple answer saying, maybe. Uh, I love Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow, he, he was throwing a Christmas fit too. He had the Christmas hat on and he had a crusty crab shirt on in that in that interview. Uh, one of a kind, Joe Burrow. But let's compare him to some other quarterbacks to see where we have him yeah. in our QB rankings. So we're going... Uh, Before AFC we start, uh, are we talking about potential? Talking right about right now. now. Right now, right now um, overall ability or arm talent? Probably overall, right? Overall ability. Okay, okay. I, I know. you. These people don't Together's know. There's a stickler on this stuff, man. I'm a stickler on the rankings. Got to make yeah. sure I know what we're talking about. 
first person. I think let's let me count how many QBs I have real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So twelve guys. Uh, I didn't include Mahomes, Rogers, or Brady on here because I think those are all yeah. kind of givens. And I also didn't include or include like the half decent quarterbacks stuff like that. Uh, so Josh Allen is the first one. That's a tough one. Really? Um, for me, that's a tough one. But right now I'm going to go with Josh Allen because Joe Burrow can't run people over, take over a game, have 150 rushing yards like Josh Allen could do. So Josh Allen gets to nod. I think they're really close, though. I think Skyler is kind of just with that New York Jets bias here a little bit. I'm taking <laughs> Josh Allen, and it's a relatively easy answer. All right. Next up, Lamar Jackson. This one's Joe Burrow. We've seen him face off against each other. I just don't trust Lamar Jackson to come back in a game. He couldn't do it against the Raiders this year, uh, unfortunately for him. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I like Joe Burrow, but I don't I, – I still have to say Lamar here. I, I really do have to say Lamar uh, and that's partially because of the guys who he's throwing to. When you look at the, the squad that Joe Burrow's got, the weapons with Joe Mixon, uh, pretty good run game with that Mixon. Uh, and then four very good targets with Chase, Boyd, T. Higgins, and Uzama. Uh, and T. Higgins, Uzama, Boyd are all super, super underrated in my opinion. Lamar doesn't have nearly as much to work with, in my opinion. I would okay. say he's got Mark Andrews and he's got Hollywood. But even at that point, I don't even know if I'm taking Hollywood over a guy like Boyd or Higgins. So I'm going to go with Lamar. I think he has the ability to take over a game a bit more than Joe Burrow does, even though Skyler says that he doesn't. So that is 0 for 2 for uh, is Burrow better than for me. Next up, Carson Wentz. This is a pretty good one too, but I know, right? I'm going to have to take Joey Burrow again. Um, I feel like Carson Wentz has more of those games where he's just slinging it with no caution whatsoever. So I'm going to take Burrow. I am a big fan of Carson Wentz. Going back to when this trade first happened, Carson Wentz to Indy, I, I said that he was going to be the MVP. I thought it was going to be that type of a big deal where he plays really good football and kind of goes back to his 2017 ways. He hasn't gone back to 2017, but he's been playing a more safe football than we really have ever seen with Carson Wentz. But Joe Burrow is still better. Uh, so I'm taking Burrow. One for three for Joey B so far. Yeah. I think this one is pretty obvious, but I had to throw this in there because it's not 100%. That's Ryan Tannehill. Yes. Ed Burrow's better? Yes. Yeah, uh, I'm in the exact same boat. I think Tannehill can be really good sometimes, but, I mean, I'm not trusting him to make all the throws Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm trusting Joe Burrow to make. Then we get to his draft partner. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert's better right now. His arm is ridiculous. Um, and he makes a little bit better decisions. You know, it's a pretty good comparison here because obviously they're draft buddies, however you want to say, but they both have pretty good weapons. 
and they're both putting up crazy numbers in their second year. But uh, I think Herbert's done a little more with his with his weapons. That's fair to say. That's fair. Uh, I do think they have very similar offenses. Uh, when you look at it, I think they have very similar teams in general. They both have good number ones. Both have decent tight ends. They have good number twos as well. Uh, with an above average defense, I'd say maybe. Uh, the Chargers are slightly below average, uh, especially in the run game. They're far below average. But as far as teams go in general, I think the makeup is very, very similar. Brett says that Justin Herbert is a generational talent. I think Herbert has the ability to be, but is he? I do not think so. Uh, and I think the tides have kind of flipped with these two quarterbacks throughout the season. Where I thought just or Justin Herbert was a a very, not very, a lot better than Burrow, but I thought he was a good distance ahead of Burrow when it comes to ability and overall ability to play the quarterback position. But mm. through the year uh, and how things have flipped with uh, Herbert losing some games to some teams that he probably should have beat, uh, like the Texans and then getting destroyed by the Ravens. Uh, I think I'm going to flip it and I'm going to go with Burrow is better than Justin Herbert by a lot. No, but by a bit. Yes. The next QB on this list is Derek Carr. Oh man, go ahead. Go first. Uh, I think if Carr had all the guys that, um, Joe Burrow has, he would be in the same conversation. Uh, but as of right now, oh, I'm taking Burrow. I'm also going to take Burrow. I just, it's so hard with, with the younger guy versus the vet um, mm-hmm. to not think about the future. Longevity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's, that's how I feel here. Yeah. It's our, I don't really have an explanation. I just, yeah. It's the eye test on this one. That's fair. <laughs> Next one I think is very, very interesting. Is it Prescott? Uh, it's not Prescott quite okay. yet. All right. But I've been waiting for Kyler that Kyler Murray. I do think he's better than Kyler Murray. Um, Kyler's legs are, are pretty crazy, pretty ridiculous. If you're watching that game on Christmas, he shot out of a cannon on one of his runs. Um, but I think Burrow is is the better all-around quarterback. That's that's yeah. that's fair to say. Uh I think if we saw a fully healthy K1, which I don't think we have seen too many times this year, I think K1 would definitely take this. But with Burrow playing the way that he has been recently, uh and Kyler just being injured, I will Man, I think I'm going to go with Kyler, just barely, just barely, barely, very, very close, like neck and neck, but Kyler's neck, I guess, a little bit taller. Next up, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford sucks right now. Uh, Maybe it's recency bias over the past, whatever, four weeks of terrible football. I mean, we're kind of talking about recency bias in general because Joe Burrow wouldn't be talking... We have had a big conversation like this about Joe Burrow if he wasn't thrown for 525 yards and four touchdowns. That's true. But I guess if we're rolling with that, then, yeah, it's it's uh, Joe Burrow. Matt Stafford, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, maybe 
because he doesn't really have a deep threat right now other than OBJ. Yeah. He's forcing stuff. But uh, I, I would I would not take my Stafford right now. I am also going to take Joe Burrow. Uh, and I'm taking more guys. Uh, I'm taking Joe Burrow more than I thought I would in this. But Burrow is... I think if you put Burrow into that Stafford system, or not Stafford system, but the Rams system right mm-hmm. now, I think you probably have a better team. So that's what I'm going off of. Uh, and that's what takes us to our next guy. And that is Mr. Unlimited Russell Wilson. Ooh. Wow. You know, recency is, is going to be Burrow for sure here, but. You know what? If I'm a team like the Giants, I'm going to try my hardest to trade for Russell Wilson. I still think he's up there. Yeah. I'm going to take Russell Wilson. I am also going to go for Russell Wilson. I think, just like I said with the Rams, if I were to put Russell Wilson in Joe Burrow's spot right now in Cincinnati, I'm looking at a couple things here. I'm looking at the targets that he's got, and I'm looking at the old lines that Russell Wilson's had to deal with in his career and the stuff that he's did with those old lines and still taking those teams to great great levels. So I'm taking Russell Wilson. Uh, and I don't even think it's that close. Mm-hmm. Three more here. Uh, Kirk cousins, Kirk cousins. I am going to go with burrow because Kirk cousins can't win the big game. Uh, he's, he's having a pretty good season, you know, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's like Kirk cousins is a Joe burrow light, you know, they do kind of similar stuff. I just feel like Burrow does it better. I have always been a big fan of Kirk Cousins, especially within the last few years. Uh, and especially this year, I feel like uh, Kirk Cousins did win that Monday night game over the Bears last okay, week. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. So there is that win on Monday night that he has been looking for for a long, long time. But Kirk is good. Joe Burrow's better. Next up is Dak. I've been waiting for this one. You know, both these guys are really accurate they've had great years but i think i have to take dak prescott here dak prescott didn't lose his ability to throw the ball accurately against the jets and lose i know this is just one example Mm. but prescott in the games he's lost to it hasn't been his fault it's been his terrible secondary i'm gonna take prescott Terrible secondary that has perhaps the depoy in it. Is I know, we'll get to take. that. We'll get to uh, that. <laughs> let's, I'm taking Dak Prescott. I think these two are in similar situations, except for the fact that, that uh, Dallas has a very dominant O line and Dem- or not Denver. Cincinnati does not have a dominant O line. They have a decent one, but not dominant. Uh, I'm still going with Dak because I think if if you were to flip roles. Uh, and put Joe Burrow in that the Dallas Cowboys team, I don't think they would be as good. And the last one, I think I know the answer to this one, though. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I like Burrow over Jalen Hurts. You know, I, I guess you could say I'm proud of what Jalen Hurts has been, has been doing this year. I kind of wrote him off. Um, but I don't really think there's a comparison here. Yeah, uh, I'm very happy with what Jalen Hurts has done uh, this year, uh, getting that Eagles team to probably a playoff spot uh, in the NFC. I I think Jalen Hurts has a good chance to be 
consistently better than Burrow in his career, especially later on. I think Hertz has the potential to be one of the top guys in the NFL, like top four or five, if he kind of pieces everything together and perhaps gets another wide receiver or two. But I am going to take uh, Joe Burrow here. Not by as big of a margin as what people mm. would think, though. I think it's pretty, pretty close because if you put Hurts in that Cincinnati team. Okay. okay. I think that team's probably even, honestly, probably better, I would say, because Hurts has, that, I'd say, the same arm talent. I think he's got better legs. But I think when you look at overall QB uh, completion and stuff like that, it's just, I, I, I go Burrow. But you have more room for air when you have a good squad like Cincinnati. Yeah. All right, that's going to take us to halftime. Yeah, let's take it there, Kia. There we go. Uh, let's talk about the other NFL games uh, like we always do. Uh, let me pull them up real quick. Thursday night, uh, Brett didn't tell us about the Niners because he is not here, obviously. I hope you guys mm. figure that out because he has not spoken the first 20 minutes of the show. But the Titans take down the Niners 20-17. to 17. Very interesting game. A.J. Brown took over that one. 11 catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. His return off of the IR. Saturday Christmas games, Baker Mayfield threw four picks and a loss to the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers just did what Aaron Rodgers does, three touchdowns, uh, and passed up Brett Favre for all-time passing touchdowns, uh, franchise leader in Green Bay Packer history. And then this, the night game, uh, was that Colts Arizona game where the Colts won 22 to 16 Jonathan Taylor, another game over a hundred yards. And he has been amazing for them. That takes us to Sunday. Now we had the trash bowl, uh, not the trash uh, bowl, but it seems like the trash bowl with Atlanta and the lions Atlanta won 20 to 16 Cordell Patterson had a touchdown in that one. And Kyle Pitts had over a hundred yards Bengals Ravens. Uh, we talked about this one quite a bit already, but the Bengals won 41 to 21. Josh Johnson was a starting quarterback for the Ravens in this one with no Lamar Jackson and no Tyler Hundley. Uh, and he actually didn't play too bad through for over 300 yards, but most of that was in garbage time against my their rivals. Yeah. Uh, your guy, I guess <laughs> the Rams beat the Vikings 30 to 23. Stafford did not play good, one touchdown, three picks, but Sony Michelle made up for it, having 27 carries, 131 yards, and a touchdown against the poor Vikings run defense. Cooper Cup, 10 catches, 109 yards as usual. Usual. Uh, no Dalvin Cook in this game, so Alexander Madison played. He did all right, but Justin Jefferson was probably the main story for Minnesota for com- becoming the leader uh, for yards within the first two years of an NFL season for a wide receiver. I'm not sure what the exact number is, but it's like 2,800, something like that. And he has a chance to get to 3,000 in the next two games, but he went over wow. 100 yards for another game this season. The Bills took down the Patriots in New England. Josh Allen played amazing. That's why he was on that Immaculate Sports Player of the Week poll. Isaiah McKenzie was his leading receiver. 11 catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown for him. That's a career day for Isaiah McKenzie for sure. Bur- or not Burrow. Mac Jones did not play well in that one, though. Jets took down the Jacksonville Jaguars 26 to 21. Skyler talked about that one quite sure. a bit. Then we look at Philly and the New York Giants. I thought the Giants perhaps would have won this one. I thought Fromm was going to play a lot better than he did, uh, but he disappointed me. 
Uh, but screw it, taking a bull prediction every once in a while is not the worst thing to do. Jalen Hurts played well. Pretty simple game for them. They went 34-10. to 10. Buccaneers were injury-riddled, uh, but the, that did not matter. Against a, a team like the Panthers, who were 3-0 and are now 5-10, and Buccaneers won the South for the first time since 2007. Biggest upset of the day was the Texans taking down the Chargers 41-29. to Davis Mills played great. Rex Burkhead played great. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Austin Eckler and no a whole bunch of guys in that whole game for both sides with COVID. The Bears took down the Seattle Seahawks 25-24. to Pretty interesting game there, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, big headline, or one of the biggest headlines, Rashad Penny uh, kind of coming along for the Seahawks now. 135 yards. Seattle, man. Yeah, uh, kind of weird to see return on a on a pick like that so late, but now they are getting it with them rather than never. Especially at running back, right? Exactly. Yeah, but he's dealt with a lot of injuries. Mm. Chiefs destroyed the Pittsburgh Steelers thirty six to ten. Chiefs look as hot as anybody right now. Uh, the Raiders took down the Broncos uh, as I said earlier, seventeen to thirteen. The Cowboys slaughtered the Washington football team on Sunday night football, 56 to 14. Dak Prescott played good. Zeke, uh, they want to not ease him as much, and they didn't have to. He only had nine carries in that game, but that wasn't due to injury or anything like that. And the Monday night, Ian Book started for the New Orleans Saints, and that did not go well. 12 for 20, 135 yards and two touchdowns. They played against the Miami Dolphins uh, and Jalen Waddell who's really coming on out of nowhere, 10 catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. The Dolphins became the first team in NFL history to lose seven games in a row and win seven games in a row uh, in the same season, which is crazy to think. A lot of mixed Tyler, feelings. <laughs> tell us about the injuries and the COVID issues in the NFL. All right. So I think there's two big injuries that uh, I'm going to headline. Today, we're going to start it off with Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice right thumb injury. Uh, They said they're going to reevaluate it later today. They find out it's a lot worse. It looks like we're going to see Trey Lance start for the Niners. as they try to make the playoffs. That should be fun. (laughs) And then the other one, it's going to be Philadelphia Eagles running back Miles Sanders. He broke a bone in his hand on Sunday against the Giants. He won't play next week. They're hopeful for him week 18. This is big. This has been one of their best players over the past couple of weeks, again, for the playoff push in the NFC. So that's interesting. Uh, and we'll get into COVID here. Uh, Carson Wentz tested positive for COVID this morning. Um, could, do you have uh, the information for? Uh, yes. So All right, go ahead. The CDC <laughs> adopted uh, some guidelines a couple days ago now, or maybe it was yesterday. Uh, where they change isolation time for vac- or unvaccinated individuals from 10 days to five days if you test positive for COVID. Uh, and the NFL has had this rule this whole time. 10 days if you are unvaccinated, they don't want to risk the spread. Carson Wentz tested positive for COVID. Uh, oh, no, Colts quarterback is out. And then they changed the rule to five days, well, which allows him to play on uh on Sunday, Sunday if he's yeah. asymptomatic, uh, which is kind of crazy to me uh, that they change all these rules. Of course, the week that the Raiders play the Colts uh, and that we would have gone against uh, Sam Mellinger rather than Carson Wentz. But hopefully. 
hopefully that should mean that the Raiders get some guys off the COVID list because we did play Stenzel, Perriman, Casey Hayward, KJ Wright, Corey Littleton, Lil Compton, all these guys on the COVID list uh, yesterday and today. Yeah, very interesting. And, you know, some other guys positive with COVID, um, Mike Evans, Matt Judon, uh, our guy Sean Mannion yeah, from, man. uh, from Foothill. Uh, the Chargers got a bunch of them. Mike Williams is your Adderley, Chris Harris. Um, you, you know, you get the idea. Some of these guys, Jared Goff, Detroit Lions. Uh, some of these guys could be back sooner than we thought. Yeah. So that should be interesting. Any other guys? I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some guys, but any big ones? Uh, probably, but I mean, yeah. if you didn't hear somebody's name, just assume that they tested positive for COVID. Yeah. All right. And the last part of halftime here today, I got another mock draft. Um, the draft order has been changing drastically over the past couple of weeks. So I thought might as well do another one. I'll give you guys the top 10. Kyle, if you like how it's going, maybe I keep going. Maybe I tell you some of the notables. Ooh. Here we go. Number one pick, Jacksonville Jaguars looking like they're going to repeat unless they shock the world here against Kansas <laughs> City or New England or whoever they're playing. Kayvon Thibodeau. Got them going number one. I feel like this is the fit for Jacksonville. Um, I don't think they would take a tackle with the number one pick uh, just because, I don't know, none of them seem like uh, – the Eric Fisher type to actually, you know, get the trigger pulled. So interesting to think about. Number two, Detroit Lions. I haven't gotten Aiden Hutchinson edge for Michigan. I think this is just a perfect fit. <laughs> you know, that's why I haven't fallen here. Uh, obviously from Michigan. Be cool to see him stay there. Number three, the Texans. I haven't taken Kyle Hamilton safety from Notre Dame. I feel like Davis Mills has done enough to give uh, himself another year, another chance. And I don't think taking any of these quarterbacks, if you're not 100% sold on them, at number three is worth it. Number four, New York Jets. I got us taking George Karloftis, edge rusher from Purdue. I think Joe Douglas is just going to build through the trenches, especially through the draft. So I don't think Derek Stingley's a play here. And we'll get to it a little later. Um, New York Giants at number five. I'm taking Ikem Ekwanu. Ooh. Offensive lineman from NC State. He's rising like crazy right now, looking like he's offensive lineman number one, wherever you want to play him. Giants have injuries all over the offensive line. Be good for him. Number six, may think it's a reach. I got the Jets taking Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa. Um, he feels like he has some Quinn and Nelson type fire under himself. You know, just a guy who's going to immediately destroy defensive lines. So I'd be fine taking that. Uh, number seven, I got the Panthers taking Evan Neal, tackle from Alabama. Uh, I put a quarterback here before. I feel like offensive line, though, is a way bigger need for Carolina. Um, and that's a team that could take a bridge guy. You know, they're not afraid to do that. They did it with Bridgewater. They did it with Darnold. I feel like they could do it again. Number eight, our first quarterback off the board to the New York Giants. It's Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. I feel like Daniel Jones' time is running out here. Not necessarily his fault, um, but they've proven a guy like Jake Fromm, even a vet like Mike Glennon, they just can't get it done in the system. And if the system's going to stay, which looks like they're bringing back everybody, they need a new guy. Number nine, got the Washington football team. They're going to take another quarterback too. Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Um, I don't think Henneke 
is going to start anywhere. We've talked about this before. He probably mm-hmm. should get another contract from whoever it is just to get a chance, but he's not going to start for Washington or he shouldn't start for Washington next year. Yeah, uh, and number like 10. It's like sorry. a Fitzpatrick situation now for the mm-hmm. rest of his career. He's going to be on teams. Yeah. He's going to be a, a guy that is popular and, and always fun to watch, but you get a he, chance, uh, but yeah, he's never going to be that guy in a franchise. And number 10, Atlanta Falcons. I haven't taken David Ajabo, edge rusher from Michigan. Oh, jo- oh ja- boom. Boom. Uh The whole world's going to get a chance to see him uh, against Georgia next weekend. So this will be interesting. I'm a little higher than most people do. Uh, so it's pretty cool. I guess we'll get to some some notables here. The Saints, I don't have them taking a quarterback. I haven't taken Garrett Wilson, receiver from Ohio State. Um, first receiver off the board here. Um, Steelers, again, at 15, taking Malik Willis. I think it's a great fit for the AFC North. Uh, your Raiders, Kenyon Green, guard from Texas A&M. Um, the Raiders do, do crazy stuff, but I'm just going to keep it simple here. You're going to mm-hmm. need a guard eventually. So here's well, one. Do we do crazy things because of John Gruden? That's that's actually possible. Yeah, it's possible. So, so we'll sorry see. for uh, giving you the bad rap there. Uh, number twenty, Philadelphia Eagles. I haven't taken Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher from Florida State. This guy played at uh, Indy Community College, Last Chance U, um, and he's had a pretty good year at Florida State. Want to talk about him? Yeah. Uh, we'll go Tampa Bay. I haven't taken Daxton Hill. The defensive back for Michigan. This is a team with uh, a lot of injuries and issues in the secondary. Here's a guy who can play anywhere in the secondary. Here's a guy. Now nah, here's a Chris guy. Collins. Chris Collins. Uh, I'm gonna wrap it up with that one. Yeah. Awesome. Pretty good. Any uh, any notes, concerns? No. For me. The only right. concern I got is when are we going to the second half? It sounds like it's gonna happen right now. Uh, and the first thing that we're talking about in the second wow. half is the 49ers, uh, second team, second NFC West team that we've talked about today. Uh, Skyler mentioned the Jimmy Garoppolo injury. We don't really know how long this is going to affect him, uh, but it seems somewhat significant to the point that he could miss some games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that raises the question, are the Niners better off with Trey Lance or with Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't think they are better off with Trey Lance. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has done a fine job this year. Um, just keeping the control, not losing it. You know, I feel, especially with the system, Debo Samuel's doing a whole lot. Obviously, you know, I understand why people would think Trey Lance is good as an extra rusher to worry about, but, you know, maybe it is recency bias, but I haven't seen him, you know, uh, control a drive yet or in a while, if ever. Yeah. Um, so it I should mean, be interesting. Played, so. and, well, yeah, exactly. That, that's what I mean. You know, hasn't played. Well, so for now, I'm going to say no. They're not better off with them. Yeah, uh, I don't think that they would be better off with Lance as well. Uh, and my reasoning for that is we saw in that first game that he started, or the only game that he started against Arizona this year, uh, be a, a a runner and that while it could probably benefit the team is not the smart decision to be doing, especially when you're likely not going to be competing for a Super Bowl this year. Uh, maybe if you get to the playoffs and you need him to run, then do it. So, but I mean, a, an injury 
he he was getting hit so much in in that game against Arizona, mm-hmm. and he honestly was likely hurt by the the first quarter ending. And I mean, if I'm a Niners fan, I don't want to run that risk right now, especially with what what you got in a roster and what you have in the future. So I think they're better off with Jimmy right now because I would limit the running as much as I possibly could with Lance. And I think that's obviously his strong suit uh, and the Niners strong suit when it comes to uh, just becoming this next level of this football team. Yeah. So Jimmy G helps them not by actual well, Jimmy G hurts them, but he hurts them less than I think putting in Lance would be because at least he's accurate short. Let's talk about some college football. Yes, sir. We have two huge games, obviously, coming up here soon. Uh, college football playoffs starts on Friday, New Year's Eve. Two games, obviously, Cincinnati uh, and Alabama at 1230, and then Georgia and Michigan at 430. These are uh, Pacific Standard Time. So let's talk first about the Cincinnati-Alabama game. What do you got happening in that one? I think Alabama should have no trouble with Cincinnati. I know you're a big Cincy guy and you don't want this to happen, but I mean, look what happened to Georgia last week. You know, that, that was a pretty competitive game and Alabama ended up winning by over 15 points. You know, it's, it's just going to be a rough day for Desmond Ritter. I think it's going to happen together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It is going to happen. The Cincinnati Bearcats are going to take down the Alabama Crimson Tide. Really? Desmond Ritter is going to have the game of his life. Kobe Bryant's going to have a pick six in this one. Uh, Jerome Ford's going to have two rushing touchdowns. And it's going to be a great, great day for the state of Ohio. Oh, but not because of Ohio State, because of Cincinnati. Getting the dub over the Alabama Crimson Tide. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the other one. Uh, Alex yeah. has a lot of interest in this one. This is Michigan and Georgia. I think Georgia should have no problem either with Michigan. Um, I think this one is probably going to be a bigger uh, score differential than the Bama Cincy game. I feel like Georgia is going to be absolutely pissed off. They're not the number one seed. Don't get to play Cincy. Um, not like they're a bad team. Just don't have you know, to play Cincy. You mean you know it's it's the it's the group of five team. Everyone wants to play the group of five team, um, and this is why I think Georgia will end up winning the national championship. They've had two months to look at the film that only helps Georgia's defense. Okay, they got some masterminds over there, and Georgia is going to completely shut down Michigan's running game. Michigan. How about this squad this year, man? Uh, they <laughs> beat Ohio State for the first time in like 11 years or something like that. Uh, we did not think that they'd be in this position uh, a month ago. And here they are. Big 12 champs. And uh, – or is it Big 10? I it's always the get Big it 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my bad. I always say it wrong. I always, I always think it and then I say it wrong. Uh, so Big 10 champs. Versus Georgia, who didn't even win their conference. <laughs> Give me Michigan. Give me Michigan by by 10, and that sets up the game of the year. Cincinnati versus Michigan. I'll wait for now. Skylar, tell me about your your uh, your playoff or championship. I want to say Super Bowl, but it's not. So 
Yeah, yeah I got into it a, a little bit there at the end. I think we're going to get a rematch with Bama, Georgia. I, you know, I'm praying for this because I think that'll be the best outcome here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, you can't give Georgia that much time to look at the film because they will eventually get it. I have Bryce Young and the Bama boys going down to Georgia. Jordan Davis walks off the field, takes off his helmet, takes one last look, and then goes in the late first round and has a quiet career for the Falcons or somebody. <laughs> late first round? How are the Falcons picking in the late first round? They're going to trade back. Ah. Oh. How are they going to have a pick if they're trading for uh, Derek Carr? Oh, maybe that. Okay, we'll come back to it. But I got Georgia winning the Natty. There we go. Cincinnati versus Michigan. What we all thought the college football playoff would come down to. Yeah. Is this even a question? Is this even a question if we have a game like this? I mean, yeah. It's not. Cincinnati by 50. And it's not even close. Cincinnati, not even a power five school. National champions. Desmond Ritter, what a college career. Becomes a first call or a first quarterback taken in this draft class as well. Yeah. You're out of your damn mind, Kyle. I'm not. <laughs> what are you gonna what you are you gonna to, say when you go over two on your picks this weekend? When I go over two? I don't know because it's not going to happen. I know that okay. for sure. All right. I'm going two for two. Uh, and yeah. Let's go to our award picks, not for the college football season, uh, but for Those already happen. the NFL. We probably should have done this in a little bit of a different order because it's back and forth. But we're going back to the NFL now. Uh, first thing, comeback player of the year. I believe it's the same thing that we've had as before. Bosa two, Dak one. Yeah, I have uh, the same here. Bosa, number two. Dak, Dak's got to be one. Just, you know, he plays quarterback. It's such a big deal in today's NFL. Exactly. He's got the nod. Coach of the year. Who is your runner-up, Skyler? Runner-up, sticking with Frank Reich again. I feel like uh, this indie team's dangerous. He's helped them a lot, you know, former Jet quarterback. There you go. Something about those Jet quarterbacks, man. Uh, they all suck. Uh, Brian Flores is my runner up from one and seven where I thought that he probably should have been getting fired, uh, by this time of the season to eight and seven, uh, and holding a playoff spot. Why not? I mean, he's taking his team, uh, to a pretty good level right now. And there is, I mean, if you look at the last seven weeks, as good as anybody in this whole league. Let's then take it to number one. Who is winning coach of the year? All right. My coach of the year right now is going to be LaFleur. The Packers right now look like by far the best team in the NFC, at least. And, you know, keeping everybody's head straight with all the drama in the offseason. Pretty cool. Yeah. Same thing. Whoa. Sorry, I was yawning there. I've had a long, long day, man. I woke up at six. Uh, but not work. Yeah. LaFleur is my coach of the year as well. Uh, and. I think that one's pretty obvious, just like Skyler said. Yeah. On to defensive rookie of the year. I have Pat Sertain as my runner or Sertan as my runner up. All right. I got uh Javon Holland and Jalen Phillips, two Dolphins guys. I hate to do it, but you know, Javon grew up with this cool guy, Jalen Phillips. 
Uh, cool comeback story. Retired, came back, first rounder, and he's got eight and a half sacks this year. He's been playing really, really well. Uh, both those guys have. Uh, and then there's number one, and there's a big gap between one and two, like I mentioned last week. Yeah. Uh, Micah Parsons, I mean, you can just put your ballot in now. Yeah, Micah Parsons is going to win it, man. Great pickup yeah. for Dallas. Exactly. Uh, guy that we thought could have been the number one pick a few years back, uh, but based off of the stuff that happened, yeah, uh, I'm not going to really talk about that too he had much. Some, have you seen Blue Mountain State? He had some Thad Castle locker room stuff going on. Yeah, he had some interesting interactions for sure, but nonetheless, I guess it worked out for him. Uh, whatever he did, it was definitely helping him. Uh, offensive Rookie of the Year, my number two uh, is Jalen Waddle. A uh, guy that I've had on here a few times, uh, and he returns to the list for a different reason than before. Yeah, I also have Jalen Waddle up to the runner-up spot. Again, maybe recency bias here with all these Dolphins players, but great second half. Jalen Waddle's been pretty much the guy there in Miami. For sure. Uh, almost 100 receptions. Uh, and the guy who I put Waddle second to is Jamar Chase. I took Mac Jones off this list completely just because of how he's been playing the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, I know he's a quarterback, so if he plays remotely well, he will get it. But Jamar Chase is back on his shit, doing his thing, uh, and over a 1,000 yards and has 10 touchdowns on the year. So not only was it a great rookie season for him, it's just a great season in general for a wide receiver. You know, I still have Mac Jones here at number one. I know he's been playing bad, but, you know, I, I really don't think he's going to be one of the top quarterbacks from this class. I know that 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 could be a crazy take here. The others aren't playing that well, but I think just the fact that he has stood out so much farther than guys like Trevor Lawrence, who was supposed to take over the NFL, you know, that's that gets an extra nod from me. Yeah, I'm also I'm also giving guys another year. For sure, because mm. we we saw it takes time with certain guys. Not everybody is a Herbert, or not everybody is a Mahomes. Even Mahomes had a <laughs> yeah. year. Some guys uh, are Rashad Benny. Exactly. Or I I guess that's an interesting <laughs> way to say it. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have a good analogy. Maybe Josh Allen. Josh yeah. Allen looks look horrible. Years, yeah. But he, you saw that there was raw potential there, and that raw mm. potential turned into everything. Uh, that we didn't think it was going to be and became one of the best quarterbacks in the league, even better yeah. than Joe Burrow. Uh, defensive player of the year now. My number yeah. two is Trayvon Diggs, 11 picks. That's the first time that's happened since 1981 when Everson, Everson Walls, Walls did it. Uh, and I know he allows a lot of yards. 11 picks is just so insane. That's more picks. That's more, yeah, picks than like half of the teams in the NFL. And that's just, I don't know. That's crazy to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have Miles Garrett and TJ Watt as my runner ups. Uh, two great seasons. You know, unfortunately, history will not be broken. Both these guys have been hurt. They were on pace for some records here. Um, but they don't get it. And I guess, you know, might as well talk about my number one. You just talked about him. Trayvon Diggs. Mm -hmm. Sorry for jumping you, but I mean, it's kind of good, good timing mm -hmm. uh, here. And that, this is the guy I was knocking earlier because of the coverage, but you know, 11 picks, just what he's doing is, is crazy. You know, he's a wide receiver out there playing coverage and 
Exactly. Snatching the ball away from these quarterbacks. It's it's crazy. And I think he deserves it. Yeah, I think it'd also be very, very fun to watch him play wide receiver mm-hmm. uh in an oop card, maybe if Madden wanted to do that. Yeah. Uh and then number one is TJ Watt for me. He remains number one on this list, uh, as he has for most of the season for me. 17 as and a half sacks. I mean, nobody's better than TJ, in my opinion. Yeah. Then to offensive player of the year. So yeah. who's your number two? My number two, I'm gonna go with Cooper Cup. Uh I, I know there's arguments. Um you know, the running back versus receiver. It's tough to debate them here, but I have, you know, obviously this other guy as my number one, just because I feel like he's been more impactful. But I understand. I think you have it the other way around, and I understand why you do. So we'll, you know, we'll get into that in a minute here. Yeah. Uh there is a very clear two guys on this list that yeah. should be, and that's Cup and Taylor. Uh, if you don't have them, you're just not watching the game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is my number two, uh, and that's kind of just because of what Cooper Cup has. Like, I, I don't think he's more valuable, but as far mm-hmm. as offensive purpose and yards and catches and touchdowns and stuff, even though Taylor has more touchdowns, I think it's a bit harder to score touchdowns as a wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, and so I am going with Taylor at two and Cooper cup at number one. Yeah. I got Taylor at number one um, <laughs> because I think he's more valuable. I, I guess that's not fair, but you know, it's you take your pick, right? Exactly. Let's get to the MVP. Now uh, I put top five. I meant to put top three because I feel like it's pretty obvious with the top three now or at least in my opinion, uh, but four, I don't have a five. Uh, but four for me would be Patrick Mahomes. I have Mahomes and Cup as uh, as the next spots. All right. Yeah. Uh, number three, I still have Tom Brady. He slowed down mm. a bit recently, but he's still 44 and he's still throwing touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady's my number three. Same exact reason. I mean, he's is he still leading the NFL in passing yards right now? Yes. yes yeah, that's that's is. wild. That is wild. Uh, uh, number two for me is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he goes down one spot from last week, but he has been amazing, obviously. Okay. I also dropped Jonathan Taylor down to the two spot. Again, he's been amazing, but this other guy, <laughs> well, let's just, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty clear to me now that this guy is the best quarterback ever. Like just his ability to consistently play throughout his career. Mm. And he's at 33 touchdowns now and two interceptions. And two of those picks came in week one against the saints. Well, what else is there to say about he, this He's definitely sure the most talented, talented thrower I've so ever good. seen. Exactly. You know, and, he's and, the Michael and also my number one, if you didn't era. pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers is our reigning defending and undisputed back to back MVP back-to-back MVP mm-hmm. uh, in our minds, at least. So then far, still we got go- two weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's get to our bets now and let's get on out of here. Let me yeah. pull them up here real quick. Uh, last week, I did not do good, but the rest of the guys did. Uh, I had Green Bay minus seven versus Cleveland. That was a two-point game, and so that did not cover, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Skyler had Jets minus two and a half versus Jacksonville. They won by five. So Skyler got that done. And Brett had Miami plus three and a half versus New Orleans. A good pick by him there as they won by 17. Uh, I think that was even before COVID too. So he, yeah. I guess, predicting that COVID outbreak. It's <laughs> possible. We get to this week now. Uh, and I have Tampa Bay minus 13 versus the Jets. That's fair. I, you don't even have to explain it. Skyler <laughs> has a... Uh, Bama minus 13 and a half versus Cincinnati as uh, his layout. Yeah. You know, like I, like I said earlier, the Alabama Georgia game, I th- honestly, I think it was the two best teams in the nation. It was very entertaining. It was close for a long time and Bama still won by a 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like this is one of the safest bets you can make. Uh, I don't know about that, but we'll see. Uh, obviously. Let's go to last week in our bold predictions where I had the Giants over the Eagles. If Fromm started, Fromm did start. He did not play well. They lose by 24, uh, and I look like a clown. Uh, Skyler got his pick right with Tennessee over the uh, the Niners. And then Brett had Detroit winning back-to-back versus Atlanta. That did not happen. Uh, and then we go to this week where I'll have two – Cincinnati over Bama because that is uh, a bold prediction to some people. I think yeah. it's pretty obvious to me, though. Uh, and so. then <laughs> Kansas City minus 10 versus Cincinnati. The line right now is five. Uh, Kansas City is favored. Yeah. Uh, but Kansas City is just on a roll. So I'm, I'm picking Kansas City minus 10. Yeah, I got the Steelers over the Browns. I think this is going to be your classic sloppy AFC North. December game, but I think that Pittsburgh's just going to turn the ball over less, keep control longer. Uh, so I'm taking yeah. the Steelers here. Yeah. Uh, I know the Raiders do need the Steelers to lose once uh, in these last few games. Uh, Actually, no, they don't. No, they don't. The Raiders, if they win both games, they're in. I know that for ooh. sure. Uh, so we'll see how that goes, but that does take us to the end of episode 68. It's been yeah. a good one. I'm tired. I am I'm too. probably going to take a nap, man. I yeah. have been up for a while. I've done a lot of stuff today. Been a good episode, though. That's for sure. Our socials, Twitter, and Max Sports, mm-hmm. Instagram, the exact same thing. And then YouTube and TikTok, if you want to go and check those out. Uh, those are Immaculate Sports. Uh, that's the handle on them. Uh, episode 68, Skelly, you got any final Yeah, ones? man. We'll be back next week with our natty predictions officially. So we're both, uh, you know, completely opposite here. That should be interesting. And hopefully some more teams clinch playoff spots. We can talk about that. We'll see you guys next week. Go Jets.